Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what is up, everyone? I am joined by Zach. This is Frank. And today we have an awesome interview with the girls at Gruder Golf. We were joined by Kiki and Jen, and they graced us with their time. And we had a wonderful uh, time just learning about their experiences going to the podcast game, uh, trying to grow as a media company, talking to LPGA pros. And there's this story about this weird dress in Vegas. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, Zach. That was such a fun episode, super funny. Uh, hashtag free Gruder golf. You're gonna have to listen to the end of the episode to figure out what that means. Um, yeah, just had a blast talking with with Jen and Kiki. They're doing some awesome stuff with Gruder golf, some awesome events, great podcasts, doing a lot for the LPGA tour. It was, yeah, awesome having them on and uh, happy to put this episode out there. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely, we love that they're championing. Uh, the LPGA, uh, we love that they're doing some really bootstrapping. You know, they got Gruder on the ground going. Gotta say, Gruder on the ground. I'm excited for that. And so, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Gruder Golf. Jen and Kiki, welcome to the Tossing Clubs podcast. How's it going? It great. is going great, honestly. Very glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're so excited. Yeah, of course. I want to kick us off with, you know, what is Gruder Golf? For those who don't know, let us know. Loaded question. Kiki, you want to take this or want me to take a stab at it? Well, it's kind of it's kind of in the changing. process of, yeah, it's ever-changing, honestly. But no, it's our company. It's our female-focused golf company. But really, these days, it's more about just making golf more accessible to everyone who does not feel comfortable playing. Um, and started really as an events company, kind of grew into a membership media company and that's kind of where we're looking to grow over the next at least year maybe two years is focused on the media side of things and covering the LPGA and kind of bringing more awareness to some of the awesome things that we've learned about golf. How did it uh, like what was the origin story were you guys just out on the golf course and you're like oh let's put together a company let's throw a golf tournament how did that all start? It honestly, there was never like a conscious decision. Honestly, we just like became a company when we started playing golf. Basically, what <laughs> happened was um, we had all kind of started like dabbling a little bit, like a few years out of college. So we were like 25 years old, like we're kind of getting, I don't know, going out every now and then. I think we all recognized that it was like a good thing to do. Like you could do it during work. Um, it's a respectable thing to do on the weekends. And so one fateful day um, when Kirsten and Haley were visiting me on the Cape, um, on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, we went to the, me and Kiki went to the range because it was like kind of shitty weather. And she was like, yeah, I've been going to the range lately. Like, it's actually pretty fun. So I was like, all right, let's go. Um, we make some contact and we decide that we should book a tea time the next day, nine holes, obviously, which was really eight holes. Um, and then uh, Haley joined us. We go out for, you know, the eight, eight holes because we had to skip the first hole because we were late. Um, a very rollicking way of saying like we kind of fell into golf um for lack of like something better to do um and not really wanting to go to a bar all day and then as we kind of like kept doing it it was just like really fun when you were with your friends 
um, I think us starting together was like very instrumental. And so then we started, we started the Instagram account. I started the Instagram account to make fun of Kirsten, um, <laughs> Gruder Golf. She did not have an Instagram um, back in 2016. And so that was, we were like, oh, if you get an Instagram, we're gonna like make it look like you're obsessed with golf, like you loser. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> only put up pictures of you playing golf. And I was running it for a little while with just like really goofy captions of like, like off to work, like with my golf bag or like, like I don't make any putts ever. Just like really dumb, dumb things. And then, but people liked it. And our friends, like we just all kind of became obsessed with golf. A lot of our friends then reached out, even though it was a joke and they were like, oh, you guys are going to play golf. Like I've always wanted to do that. Like, can I come with you next time? And that's kind of how the events were born. It was like a group of like 12 of our friends, like making, you know, three tea times, and, like going out. And the choruses were like shocked to see us. They're like, are you guys a college golf team? We're like, why is it so weird that 12, like 20 something girls are playing golf together? And also like, no, but it was, have you seen <laughs> us? Very far from it. Actually the, the opposite of a college golf team. So yeah, so that's how the event started. And then like, they just kind of started blowing up over New York city. We made a lot of friends um, doing it and they just kept getting bigger and bigger, you know? Um, and that was kind of the event side of it. The media side also kind of just like, I don't know. We had an Instagram account, so that's that was the media for a very long time. Jen's not giving herself enough credit. She's a, a media god. Mm, I, I don't know. I think I'm like leveling off because I'm getting older. Some so may like, say. I feel like I'm plateauing. Like I, I'm very jealous that you guys like are on TikTok. Like I'm part of the reason I was excited to come on this podcast because like I can't wait to be on TikTok. Um, I'm a big like viewer of TikToks, but like I am very <laughs> overwhelmed by making them. So props. <laughs> oh my gosh. Our TikTok journey is it's a interesting platform. I mean, you get on there and you're just made fun of by so many Gen Zers nonstop. And you say one wrong thing on a TikTok and the comment section just goes crazy. It's it's insane. But it's fun. Wait, have you guys gotten made fun of on TikTok? Oh yeah, uh, actually, like Bryce, I made really? a TikTok. I, I made a TikTok about live golf, and Bryce and DeChambeau made fun of us, like in the comment section. And we we're like, "What the heck? How's this guy? Why is this guy watching our videos?" Wow, that's wild. So you guys have beef? Lucky, kind of cool. Dying to have some celebrity beef. <laughs> we got to get on TikTok. That's it. This weekend, it starts in Cincinnati. <laughs> Wait, so which one of you makes the TikToks? That's uh, Zach right there. Oh, it, it's it's a it's a team job. We also have some help on the editing side. Um, we outsource a little bit of it, but um, it is That's it smart. is a decent amount of work, kind of chopping up all the clips and and keeping it active for sure. Yeah, yeah. And even just like listening to your own podcast, like that takes a lot of time. Oh, I know. Like, that's very time consuming. To, like say it all and then like have to listen to it again to know like what to even put in the TikTok. That's what's overwhelming to me. Like to just get it out there. Yeah. And let's talk about that. How did you girls start a podcast? Uh, it went from like an events thing and now you have a full-blown podcast with uh, over 50 episodes. Yeah, we actually, we just put out, I think, two today, 57, 58. Um, the podcast we had talked about doing for a while, but it was very, um, you know, very much just an idea. But then obviously 2020, we couldn't do events, right? And so we were very much, went into 2020 very much thinking of ourselves in an events company. Like we're gonna just do events all over the country. Eventually we're gonna quit our jobs. We're to the PGA show. We're like, yeah, we do these events and get girls on the green. Like it's great. We we truly almost all quit our jobs in January of 2020, imagine. It, from one trip to Orlando, four days in Orlando, we were ready to leave it all on the line for, for our golf company. We were, we really were. <laughs> 
so we uh, obviously, you know, 2020, couldn't do events. Um, and we had met the guys from No Laying Up at an event that we had the summer before. And we kind of kept in touch. And actually, they reached out and they were like, you know, we're trying to expand like our coverage of the female game. Would love to have a female perspective. You know, you guys should do a podcast. Um, just do it yourselves for a while. And then if you like it, like we'll pick it up eventually. Um, so we did it for probably like, I don't know, like almost a year, basically. And then we're like, do you guys do not like it? Do you want to pick it up or no? <laughs> do you guys like it or what? <laughs> like, maybe they just don't like it, honestly. But um, they have a lot going on. But they're also just like, they've been awesome. Like they're so, they're such nice people. Um, just like such genuine people and they've been so helpful. And so they were like really instrumental in, in us starting low expectations. Shout out to the boys, the uncles. Yeah, that's so cool. It's a great podcast. And Jen's just natural raw talent as a podcast. I don't shut up in case you guys can't tell already <laughs> by tonight. I'm all hyped up. I like went on a walk and yeah, so talking just, you know, it's all I do. From it's dusk till dawn. <laughs> um so there's a podcast on the event side. Like how many are you guys doing a year? What does that look like today? So full swing, we actually, in a normal year, we usually do, it started out as two big events per season. So we would do an all girls and a co-ed in New York city. Um, you know, the two in the spring, two in the fall, cause no one's really around in the summer. We kind of started just like ancillary. We're very much yes men. I think Kiki, is that fair to say? So like when people yes. come to us with ideas and people are coming to us with ideas all the time. So we're just like, oh, yeah, we'd love to do an event in Chicago, you know, and in Philly and, you know, where else have we gone? I don't know. All over the place, really. D.C., Boston, obviously. Boston. Because um, we really genuinely wanted to do all that. But I think then we got a little bit burnt out once we started going on the road and, like, doing these events. Um, and so we're actually taking – we did – how many did we do already this year? Kind of a lot, honestly, still. We did, like, seven, well, we six went or to seven the, events. Yeah, seven. Yeah, so we did seven events and then we usually do like a, a couple of fall events, but taking the rest of the semester off um, from events just to kind of, you know, be at home for a few weekends. Kiki had, hadn't been in her apartment um, at all. Like he moved in <laughs> what? Like, moved yeah. Yeah, like you hadn't been there at all. Well, and, and to give so us, busy, you know, yeah, to give us a little bit more opportunity, like for Jen and Haley are going to Cincinnati this weekend. So like, you know, to open up a couple of weekends to go to more tournaments and kind of think a little bit more about doing some of our own longer form video work and stuff like that. We have a couple of things lined up for this fall specifically for that. So that's kind of where I think a little bit more reach is more attainable for us as a company. Um, and so that's kind of where we're focused at least see how it goes. You know, we can always go back to throwing the events. I think people will come at this point wherever we decide to host them, but it's just hard. You can't be in a lot of places at the same time physically. And then you want to host your own event if it's your company and your kind of brand. And so you, you feel, you know, it's tough to kind of outsource that and like let somebody else run it on your behalf. So it's kind of this careful line that we're trying to tell. Yeah, basically it's kind of like the events also, you know, if we're trying to grow as a company, we're trying to figure out like, how does this company make money, right? Cause we never built it to make money. It's always just been like very fun, but it's like, okay, if we do want to make it at least like, not even if it's like necessarily full time, but like, how can it just be like, you know, like a self-sustaining company at least, you know, like how do we best fulfill our mission of like kind of reaching like the most non-golfers as we can and like, 
you know, events can only reach so many people. And so I'm just taking a few months to have some meetings too. And just kind of like, you know, finally do a business plan. We've talked about it for years. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Never pulled the trigger on that. We've tried. But we have patches. We've tried. Them, We've tried. We just need like housekeeping time, you know, because you guys know it's like after work, you know, you only have like, you know, ten hours a week really to put into yeah. this, you know, like how are those best spent? So, so that's the soul searching we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we def- definitely, uh, you know, sympathize with that. We've done a lot of soul searching ourselves. Just like, what are we doing on TikTok? What's our <laughs> message? Like, when someone asks us what's tossing clubs, uh, there's like. 20 different things and you know we we think we've landed on one so hopefully uh, that continues forward but what, what's on the docket what's in the business plan uh what should we get excited about um well i think like one thing that we've like resisted kind of is a little bit like influencer type things right mm. i think that like influencer gets a really bad rep as like just a title like you don't want to say like oh the company is like an influencer company right but like what does that actually mean? Like, I follow plenty of people that are considered influencers. Like, it's a great way to like share information with people. So I think that like getting a little bit like less self-conscious about like how we share information with our audience and like being okay, being like, yeah, like we're losers, like whatever, like here's what I did today. You know what I mean? Like people like it. And like, I feel like we owe it to them almost at this point. So getting better at stuff like that. It's so, like TikTok finally, you know, we got into the reels back in March because um, Neil actually told us to, so <laughs> he worked accomplished on that front. He, I feel very comfortable. He on mandated now. it basically. Yeah, he literally told us. He told. He was like, "Yeah, you guys should make reels." I was like, "That's all I'll do now. I'll do that forever." So I love that now. And so is that a uh, sorry, Neil from No Laying <laughs> yes. Up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Neil Schuster. Yeah, so he was like, "Yeah, reels like is where it's at." You know, you guys. He actually faithfully said he was like, "You guys like once you guys turn it loose, like that's when it's really gonna click." You know, and then we put that. Jen in the wrote it. Loose. Jen wrote, it, wrote it with like basically a sharpie on her hand during the meeting. I was like, turn it loose. <laughs> and then we put it on a cruise. I was like, that is it. <laughs> and I feel like we really have turned we, it loose. You know, so basically, yeah, I think like getting a little bit stronger on the like social media front, and just kind of like I feel like we've built a really great network at this point of like like-minded people, like both in the golf space and not in the golf space, and just like figuring out a good way to kind of be a connector of like all those people, like connecting people with with resources, because that's what most people need when they start golf is like a friend to like ask questions to and to have answers. And I think that that's where Gruder golf comes in for sure. But I think, um, I think focusing on the LPGA too, like really kind of going to Jen just coined the term, uh, Gruder on the ground coverage that you truly cannot, that you truly cannot get anywhere else shoot i was dying laughing at that i love it i <laughs> really laughed out loud i noticed you put on your story i was like i was waiting to ask you what specifically you it's just a so great term like. because it is really just a funny concept like the when we went to the solheim cup that was the first event that we lpga event that we ever went to and so many people their feedback was loved the coverage like loved the cover the coverage was great and we were like, we literally had like videos of us like drinking beer on the sidelines <laughs> and like very, very little understanding of who was winning at any given time. Like never knew no what was going service, on. like, like did a really bad job. Of but it was cover. It was a type of coverage. Like it was like fan experience, like, you know, just bringing awareness to the tournament. Most people had never even heard of the Solheim Cup, they had no idea what the Solheim Cup was before seeing it on our Instagram story. So. 
I think there's an angle there of like there's really very few people there covering the event in a remotely entertaining way, I'll say. Um, and so I think there's a big kind of need for that. And yeah, that I think that that's a great, you know, place for us to kind of slide slide in as our next little venture. I think that's a, a great segue into Cincinnati. Um, what's happening out there this weekend and what are you looking forward to? So we're going out to Cincinnati. It is the inaugural Queen City Championship um, sponsored by Kroger. Shout out. I've never been to one of those, too. I'm hoping to go one of those because they're all <laughs> over the LPGA. Yeah. They're huge supporters of the LPGA. And, like, I want to shake their hands about it. I might go in there and do that. That may, That's maybe a content idea. <laughs> Saying thank you to everybody in Kroger. Being like, thank you for supporting women's sports. Like, not everybody does and we need you. Um, so, yeah, we're going to Cincinnati. We're going to fly out um, tomorrow. Arrive tomorrow afternoon. You know, maybe... I think that the action will probably be done for the day, um, get our sea legs, and then we're going to be at the tournament all day on for a Saturday and Sunday for the final round, for the, you know, championship round. Um, and just kind of, yeah, get some coverage. Also, I'm very excited. I was like, one of the things I do when I figure out where to stay is like Google best bars and like whatever city I'm going to. So Cincinnati actually has like a hop in scene. So it seems. Um, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or I'll report back <laughs> with if I'm wrong. There are a lot of speakeasies. Did you guys know this about Cincinnati? Heck no. I did, had no idea. <laughs> I also no. didn't know it was so close to Kentucky. So I'm hoping to see Kentucky from across the river. Um, no. And also obviously see the golf too. Like the lot, they have a great field this weekend. I think that they were saying going into the tournament, you know, it's like so many of the winners from this year and then almost all the major winners. I forget who's out. I probably should have known that, but I'll find out when I get there, probably. You'll find out. Yeah, definitely. But they're really, LPGA tournaments are just, like, such a blast to go to. Like, I actually hadn't been to a PGA Tour event um, in many years. I went to a pro in, like, one time. Then I went to the U.S. Open this year, and I was shocked after going to a few LPGA events, like, how little golf you get to see at the men's golf. Like, the women's golf, mm. you can follow – like the you can follow Nelly Corda all day. You can see every single shot she takes, like if that's what you want to do. And then you can go around and follow another golfer. Like it's so fun. You there's so much like there's space and everything. Um, and it's just like such a great way to like see the players, you know? Yeah. It's really fun. Everyone everyone on uh Tossing Clubs are huge LPJ fans. You I know. think we mentioned it several times. Uh Zach and I, we went to the US Open at Olympic Club and oh my God, it lucky. was it was so cool seeing everyone so close. Uh, like you said, you could just follow everyone and you're not behind like a sea of people. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Angel Yin was next to us and you could probably just say hi to her and you know get a photo with her. And I can't imagine doing that with someone like Rory, right? Or I don't know, even I guess uh, Cameron Tringali. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I think, uh, you know, what, what do you think it'll take for the LPJ to take that next step and become really a big brand. And that's in front of everyone's eyes. I mean, it's still so small compared to the men's tours, but I still think it's such a great product and the athletes are absolutely incredible. I mean, they need a marketing yeah, they need team. To, like your marketing. I think it's like a lot of investment, right? It's like you, you know, mm-hmm. you need to believe in the product. Um, they have such a fantastic product. Like the, like we say, like once you start watching, like it just really, it sells itself. Like it's very engaging. You know, you have the same, it's funny. Like even, I don't know. They're like, Oh yeah. Like they don't like hit it as far as something. It's like, I don't really watch golf to see like how far they hit it. They all fit, hit it pretty far. Right. Like 
that's kind of it for me. Um, but yeah, I think like it takes time, obviously, you know, like, and even time in terms of like, you know, the world at large, just in terms of, you know, like chicks weren't even voting, you know, till like hundred years ago. Right. So like pretty good that we got like a world-class, you know, sports league now, but um, I think just like that we're seeing, like, hopefully in our generation, we'll see like a mainstreaming of women's golf at that may or of women's sports in general. Um, I think that there's still a ton of people that like are just very anti, like there's a lot like to fight against kind of like people are just very combative about it at times. Um, so that was very rambling. Um, I don't know. I think just like more coverage would help start shout out ESPN plus. Yeah. But I, I mean, genuinely though, they, they don't have a marketing team. They don't market their, like, there's no staff in the LPGA that is like dedicated to like new audience. So that's, it's, you know, hard to get a new audience when that's kind of like the business plan. And I think that's why now, now I think we've, you know, kind of broken in and have gotten in touch with the, you know, correct people. But initially we were kind of like shocked at like, you know, why is no one at the LPGA excited about what we're trying to do? Literally free marketing for your organization, showing it to more people that don't know about it and creating new fans. And there just wasn't anybody in the organization that sort of was interested in that. And so that is a problem, right? In my opinion, I think that that limits significantly how they're thinking about partnerships or new audience members. And they kind of rely on their quote unquote core audience, which is great, but they're very, they're older. They're really a lot older. And so they don't have a very young audience. And so, you know, eventually what does that look like? I think there has to be a change internally in the organization. And then to Jen's point, like put money behind those business decisions, put money behind trying to get it in front of a new audience because it it sells itself a lot you know once you start watching it and are invested and kind of learn a little bit about the players it doesn't require you know much more than just really being introduced to it similar to golf honestly just playing golf but i think that is missing and it's really hard for anybody other than in with inside the organization to really change that yeah and i think like there's been like strides even since we've like you know like started playing golf right like the purses are getting bigger like there's like you're seeing that happen which yeah. is so exciting you know they're playing like better courses too like these like historic like beautiful courses and all the players are pumped about that like everybody was like so excited to play um where was the british open this year <laughs> <laughs> whatever that course was oh. everyone was pumped uh, I just one the, yeah I just one word I just remember with an M the stigma uh, about but, it but, oh, yeah. Moorhead Moorfield Muirfield Muirfield thank god <laughs> oh my god but yeah everybody was stoked about that and they only started like the reasons that like women's golf isn't bigger like they only started winning, admitting female members four years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's been literally, like, there's a lot of reasons why, like, women's golf has been, like, stifled. You know what I mean? It's not been, like, an accident at all. Yeah. It's been, like, so intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I think as But there more, are, like, so many cool brands out now doing stuff like that. For sure. You know? For sure. And as the actual audience of female players grows, which really has grown a lot since COVID, the pandemic really has introduced a lot of women, and then they've stayed in the game. 
like we're great examples of that, right? We would not be fans of the LPGA had we not started playing golf, right? It's kind of, it's, you know, similar to a lot of other things. So as that grows, I think naturally the interest in the LPGA will grow kind of in parallel. Yeah. And I think the LPGA, it has so much opportunity because it is, it does seem like right now it's more of a world game than the PGA. And what I mean by that is there's so much like marketing that is available in Asia, not only in you know Japan, Korea, right, but also in India, where there's, I mean, billions of people there. So it's really exciting for you know for someone like No Laying Up to be invested in a group like as you know like you guys to be um, you know covering the LPGA. I know Randy is a big LPGA you know fan as well. Uh, do you guys ever link up with him? So, I mean, yeah, we like we're in touch with them, you know, from from time to time. Like, like I said, like they've been like really so helpful and kind of a little bit like mentoring, I would say a little bit. Um, but yeah, we had Randy on our pod. Like he is like the biggest LPGA head. Like I think likes it is on record liking it way more than the PGA tour um, and all those guys. Like I think that it's just like it's not even like, you know, it's just like equal coverage, you know, like at least I haven't mentioned like what happened on the LPGA tour and I like a main on a big podcast is huge, you know, um, when it's one of like the leading ones, like all the leading outlets should be covering both, like at least a little bit, at least like pretend you're trying, you know, um, cause so many just straight up don't, you know, but yeah, actually the episode that we did with Randy was really funny. You guys should listen to that. It was a rollicking ride. <laughs> He's a wildly entertaining person. Yeah, we'll definitely check that out. Um, I feel like the solution to all this is Gruder on the grounds. Like, I'm very excited to see this content coming out this weekend. Seems like such a perfect opportunity. I'm really sad I can't go. My brother is actually getting married this weekend. So it's just going to be Jen and Haley. Um, But it will be great. I know that it will be great. (laughs) That's a fair excuse. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, do you guys have any, uh, I guess, like favorite players, LPGA players, or like any stories about you know past events you've been to where I don't know you had some, I don't know, you got to go behind the gates and see some cool folks. Well, Minji Lee is my new favorite player because I watched her win the U.S. Open at Pine Needles, and it was really great. We so we were in behind the gates under the ropes at that tournament. Um, I was actually down there by myself. We we didn't actually have really under the ropes access. It turns out, but <laughs> I was under the ropes at during a lot of the a lot of the holes. But just being there, like really close when she won, and um, I have a lot of favorite players now. But most recently, it's her because of that win, and she was just so fun to watch that whole tournament. It was great. I know. I feel like it's hard to pick a favorite, honestly, because I have so like I love so many of them for sort of different reasons. Like Megan Kang's obviously one of my faves. She's my Massachusetts homegirl. Um, plays out of Boston Golf Club um, and is just like wildly funny. She like might win this weekend. That would be really magical, honestly, because she should win. She needs a win. Like she's been so close. She was tied. She, no, she was solo second last week, um, and she's just always. She has so many she's top up tens. there. Like, she's, a she's always up there. She is. She's she's knocking at the door, as they say. Um, I've also recently been super fascinated with Charlie Hull. Um, so if she finds this on TikTok, um, Charlie, do you want to come on our podcast? Because <laughs> I like want to just I just want to know more about you, honestly. Um, <laughs> like then we're like friendly with like Marina Alex is like a friend of ours. She's so cool. Like 
it's it's crazy how talented these are like mel reed mel reed's awesome um i like want to be her um trying to think of like who else danielle kang obviously like the og favorite golfer that we had because like we saw her instagram like she took this trip to vegas with michelle we and allison lee and we're like this looks like a lot of fun like <laughs> like she went and partied in vegas for the night like she's our favorite <laughs> golfer um and that was actually pretty important to us i would say oh a cool story um we interviewed uh danielle and um we asked her actually about the dress that she was wearing in an instagram photo um that was of that weekend in vegas and it was this really cool full sequined like t-shirt dress that looked like a marlboro cigarette um like carton and it said Walboro, like fashion kills. And we were like, where is that dress now? And she was like, do you guys want it? So it's literally in my closet right now. Oh, I have it. Wow. <laughs> she gave it to us. I, she was like, what's your address? I'll send it to you. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I kind of want to like frame it or something. She did. I have it. You and should frame it, Jen. That's a good idea, like, actually. I know. Well, she wants somebody to wear it, but she's also, it turns out, much smaller than me. It's very rare to have one of your favorite golfers' piece of clothing because then you know also what your difference in size is because we don't see you here in real life that often. So I think, Kiki, I think you have to wear it one time and then we'll frame it. Should I for wear a future it for clubhouse. Halloween? Oh, oh, wait. Should we, should we see <laughs> Michelle and me? Michelle's going to be there. <laughs> okay. That, Sorry, please. the context is... Jen and I are going to our friend Hallie Ledbetter's having a big 30th birthday party out in L.A. Uh, in October. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> and Michelle is going to be there. And so it would be really funny to dress up as her, as the three of them <laughs> with them in at Vegas, the party. Specifically. <sighs> I don't, I mean, anyway, we'll think about like, it. We'll think about I love it. it. Love it. We always worry because like what we're doing is a little bit rare and unique and like we're, you know, like 31 year old women um we always wonder if like the players are creeped out by us at all <laughs> because like we're like I think they are. our favorite players like leo mcguire and she's always just like what's like is there something wrong with these chicks like <laughs> why are they so like shameless and like stalking me and my whole family you know um but we see it as our jobs to do that <laughs> for better or worse oh that's so funny um <laughs> Where to go next? Uh, <laughs> where, where to possibly go next? <laughs> Kiki, I know you're in New York, and Jen, are you in Boston? <laughs> I am in Boston. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about golf in those two two different areas. Uh, we usually like to ask our guests about favorite courses, places that people that haven't been to those areas should try to play golf. Anything that stands out? Yeah, I mean, we're big public golfers, so that's that's where you'll usually find us. We're not very picky um, about where we go. Just kind of like if the vibe is right, that's where you'll find Ruder Golf. Um, so Kiki and I are both big fans of the Cape. Um, there's, our, I think, our favorite course. Actually, the course I got engaged at this summer is called Highland Links um, out in Truro, Mass. It's like a nine-hole. It's right on the water. Like if you're in Massachusetts, it's like worth a day trip even, I would say. Um, just to play it. It's like got this like gorgeous lighthouse. You have like ocean views. We call it like the poor man's Cabot links. Um, it's really, really fun. Um, obviously just like very laid back, um, beautiful hills. So that's a good one. And then if you're out that way, Jaquesset, which is in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Um, and if you're in Wellfleet, obviously world famous Wellfleet oysters. 
grab one of those maybe at Mac Shack or at the Beachcomber. Um, so that's a this full is day right there. Just a plug honestly. for the Cape. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is sponsored by the Cape Cod Board of Tourism. <laughs> We're working on our sponsorships. I told you guys that. So that's one of them. <laughs> Always. <laughs> And then when I'm in the city, I'm usually at um, like Franklin Park, which is or which is right in Dorchester, um, right next to the world famous Franklin Park Zoo, actually, um, or President's Golf Course, which is right off the highway. A nice little track, you know, I, I'm all about convenience, you know. Um, yeah, golf in New York is a little bit tough because you don't usually have a car and um it's a little bit more of a logistical challenge, but there really are tons of places to play. Um, there's so many public courses and you really can get to almost all of them by the subway or the train, Long Island Railroad, New Jersey Transit, whatever. Um, I go to Five Iron a lot, um, naturally. And, but yeah, there's, there's a couple like really good gems. Like there's a place called Skyway Golf Course in Jersey City. That's actually only nine holes, but is really well maintained and is a ton of fun. You can loop it twice. Um, and then there's a whole umbrella of companies that own a bunch of public courses in the Bronx and Queens and Brooklyn and Staten Island. And that's where we hosted a lot of our big Gruder golf events for like several years. So it's a place called Diker Beach. Um, Clearview Park is up in Queens. Pelham is up in the Bronx and those you can all kind of get to. So that's where we kind of grew up, grew up as 26 year old women, grew up playing, um, <laughs> but like learned how to play. And it and they're very, very, very chill, slow rounds, really slow rounds. Um, really, 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 really busy, very like slow, fully yeah. packed every single weekend um being around new york city i mean that's kind of a, a natural thing if it's nice out um and playable weather but you know as a beginner it's kind of nice for it to be a really slow round honestly because you don't feel pressure you're slow anyway like you probably would take you six hours to play anyway so you feel no pressure about it and there's people in jeans and you know all kinds of things so you you know it's nice it was a great it was it was a great place to learn how to play honestly Definitely. Um, the goal is to join a club at some point in my life hopefully but tbd when that will happen <laughs> try to join jared at sleepy hollow <laughs> oh, i would love that i'm oh actually playing i'm playing in the member guest with jared's wife Catherine. uh that's so exciting on september 24th so it's coming up that's gonna Catherine, be sweet Catherine is very pregnant with their second baby and i think she will be eight months pregnant when at on september 24th which we can really test out the theory jen we've always heard that you play your best golf when you're pregnant something about the way that your arms have to hang you can't keep your arms too close to your <laughs> i haven't been pregnant i don't know i thought it was about your center of gravity something about your arms and your center of gravity the thing is we don't know what it is we just know that that and, <laughs> and I've told so many people since. <laughs> and supposedly, it's a great trick for making yourself better at golf. Heard that from a lot of people. So I will report back on how Catherine <laughs> let us, does. Let's know. <laughs> Maybe we all remember guess. Yeah. Maybe we could try it out too. You know, have like a fake belly or something. You know, just force our arms to be loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just 
That's a good piece of content. You guys strap on a fake oh belly and go out and play. <laughs> like that would go viral for sure on TikTok. <laughs> Testing. Yeah, that's a good TikTok video for you. That is. <laughs> and uh, I want to ask, I mean, now with this podcast and you two, you, um, have you quit your daytime Not jobs yet? yet? Oh, my God. No, no, definitely not. not like yet. we said, we don't know how to make so, money, honestly, right now. And so it's us. And then also um, our third uh, co-founder who's involved right now is Haley Hillsman. So shout out Haley. Um, and she's down in Dallas. So we're also all, you know, also straddling some time zones and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, it would be very unwise right now for us to quit our day jobs. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> So between your day job and uh, Gruder Golf, then how do you find time to play, right? Like, and what, at what point would you feel comfortable taking that next step to actually make this your full-time job? Because that's honestly like a question that us three, we have too. I mean, I hope our employers aren't listening, but it'd be (laughs) great to, you know, work in the golf industry for a living. I mean, yeah, I think just, you know, it's, we're, we're far kind of from it. I don't think like, really, I, think, okay. uh, I think just logistically, you know, like logistically, mm. I think that, you know, the company, just like I said, like we never started it to make money. And I think that like, you feel a little bit sometimes like, you know, like, I don't know, you end up giving a lot of things away for free and then realizing like, oh, like, like my time is worth something. And I think that we've all kind of come to that realization, like kind of slowly, you know, that, you know, we've never personally made any money off of the events or anything like that. That's all like literally volunteer work basically, right? Like we make enough money to like keep the website going and, you know, be able to buy merch and things like that. So that like, we're not putting our own money into that, but it's, uh, you know, it's like, we're not, we're just doing this because we truly love it. Um, and so I think like finding a way to, you know, engage with brands um, is a big one and then create some sort of just like, you know, stable revenue stream. Um, because it seems like, you know, the the whole like media like thing, you know, who knows what that looks like, right? I think that what we're trying to do is something that like we haven't necessarily seen before. Like we haven't seen like a template for it exactly. Um, so that's kind of the nice part though, honestly, like having it still be just fun, you know, like it's a great way to have fun with like your best friends and like doing something that you all like are very passionate about and you know it's uh it's freeing you know it's kind of like our creative expression or something yeah so how can people support you girls uh i think there's like a membership program there's buy merch buy merch, store, buy, right? merch. <laughs> buy merch and i think that there's gonna be we're that's the other thing that we're gonna be kind of like growing you know is our merch offerings and like how do people support us so whether you know who knows, we'll open a tip jar of sorts, a Patreon or something. Basically, what you can do now is tell your friends about Gruder Golf. Tell them to follow us on social media. Tell them to go to the website. Um, join the mailing list. Uh, open the emails. That's big. And buy merch. And buy merch. And buy merch. Definitely. Um, and there's going to be more, more to come. Yeah. So just stay tuned, basically. That's how you can stay engaged. Awesome. And when we do um, referral codes, click those. (laughs) (laughs) Just click the affiliate code, basically. It's not there yet. It doesn't exist yet. But that's going to be the direction that we're headed in the next few months. So that will be supporting us. (laughs) Awesome. I just want to say thank you to Kiki and Jen for coming on and spending your time with us. We really appreciate getting to 
learn more about Guru Golf and just uh, hear about your wonderful stories with the LPGA, with uh, some of the people we idolize. So that's super cool for us. Well, yeah, no, thank you guys so much. Obviously, we love talking about golf, so we'll come on anytime. <laughs>